Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This is the Improv Chronicle podcast. I'm Lloydie. Go to a lot of improv theatre websites and, alongside the classes in improv, you'll often see classes in sketch comedy as well. Why are improv and sketch such regular bedfellows? When it comes to being a sketch writer, why is improv so often on the resume? I wanted to know how these two worlds intersect and what we can take from improvised comedy and using sketch comedy. I reached out to a number of great sketch writers who also do some really great improv to get a sense of how the worlds of sketch comedy and improv relate. Ms. Shantira Jackson, go ahead. Uh, can I get a suggestion of anything at all or a question? My name is Shantira Jackson. I am an improviser, writer, comedian based in Los Angeles. I improvise with my group Three Peak all over the country back when we did those things. And I'm a writer for the Amber Ruffin show right now. So those are the things that I'm up to. I know you teach um, improv into sketch. Yes. I Now... How does improv help sketch? Because on the surface of it, one is spontaneous uh, discovering creation, whereas the other is something you have deliberately written. So where, where, yes. where is the bridge? Um, I think that one of the things that's really important about uh, improv to sketch is that um, sketch is uh, something you've improvised in your head. You just haven't performed it yet. So you sat down and you thought about these characters and you made up what they had to say. Uh, and a lot of times it's very singular. It's very individual, right? But uh, improv to sketch you get to play with all your friends. You get to have a lot of fun. And um, you're not so much in your head. You're actually just actively acting things out. And sometimes it's terrible. You might have an improv scene and you're like, I'm glad that was improv. We never want to see it again. Or you see something that is gold. Something that if you sat down by yourself, you wouldn't have come up with, right? So when you have those moments, you go, hey, that was so great. I think I want to be these characters again. And you can improvise with those characters again. And if it's really good, you might want to write it. If it's so good that when you play these people over and over and over again, that it still hits, 
that's usually when you get something that turns into sketch, something that is repeatable. And if you've learned their voices, especially through improv, then uh, you can keep doing it. So I think that's how they connect. People think sketch isn't connected to improv, but if you sit down to write characters that do not exist, you are improvising. From L.A. to New York, where Armando Diaz set up and runs the Magnet Theatre. He's been teaching improv and sketch for 30 years and thinks the two have similar aims. Well, I mean, you don't have to do either, you know, to do the other. You know what I mean? Like, you never have to write a sketch to do improv. You never have to do improv to write sketches. Like, there are many people who are writers that don't ever get up on stage, you know. But I do think um, it's it's very useful, you know. Um, uh, so I, I don't um, – I think – they intersect in the sense that, you know, all the same goals are are there. You know, you're, you're trying to kind of attack the relationship and the scene. And whether you do that um, in the moment and spontaneously, or you do that in the quiet of your room, sitting at your desk, trying to do it in your head, you're, you're still trying to, to do that thing. Um, but one's kind of more solitary. What's in my handbag? Vaseline or Vaseline. And it was actually given to me by my mum, who's my biggest influence. Susan Harrison is an improviser, character comedian, writer and actor based in London, UK. I've been watching her online sketches during lockdown and loving them. And she thinks the improv principle of Yes And lives in the sketch process as well. All the work that I do in different areas, I think, comes from the same root, which is playing and exploring and yes-anding. And I think with scripted stuff, you can use the principle of yes-and as well. Like with the sketches that I make on my own, I am basically yes-anding myself, (laughs) which sounds strange, but you know, by running with an idea and heightening it, I am, yeah, I am sort of yes ending something and not being too um, scared to start. I also um, write with Lucy Trod, who's an improviser as well with Showstoppers. And we've found that our improv ethos has really massively helped our writing as well, because yeah, in terms of generating ideas, improv is so helpful and in terms of like being open to each other's ideas and building on each other's ideas all those same principles apply even though it's scripted so yeah I think there's a lot of a lot of links there and just this real key uh core value of like forgiving yourself the first draft as it were um you know as you know, when you write, you want to be able to forgive yourself if it comes out badly at first because you want to, you know that you'll get there eventually. And I think it's that same, um, yeah, that's a similar process with improv that you, you, you're not judging your ideas. So sure, there are connections between improv and sketch, but what are the comedic things in a sketch that differ from improv? Here's Shantira. Um, I think it would be the game. Uh, because the scripted version means that the game has already been set out for you. And then in the improvised version, the game is more discovered. So uh, you'll be like, oh, uh, I think that when it's scripted, that the setup will be like, this is where we're going. Or the setup will be uh, kind of like a, 
surprise. They'll be like, oh, we want you to think it's going this way, but it's going another way. Uh, so you kind of get the bait and switch or you know exactly what's happening in the scripted. But for the improvise, we usually find it. So it might take a little bit longer. I think you get to the juicy stuff in an improv scene a little bit later than you do in a scripted scene because it takes a little bit for everybody to get on the same page as opposed to when it's scripted. I know what page I'm on before I even start. Armando thinks there's something behavioral that separates improv and sketch. Well, um, I feel like there are two parts of your brain because um, uh, improv is very animalistic. You know, it, it really requires for you to, um, you know, kind of just use your instincts more and and your emotions more and, and you know, be in the moment and be reactive. And... Um, when you're writing, it's more contemplative and, um, you know, so you kind of turn inside. So sometimes like writers have trouble improvising because, you know, they tend to be in their head and that's where you create. And uh, improvisers can have trouble being writers because um, they're used to instant gratification. And so writers have to keep on making pass after pass, rewriting, editing their their sketches and and still be able to kind of sustain the enthusiasm for it. So in a way, like writing kind of um, requires a bit more determination that you're going to have more faith in your idea and you're not going to like give up on it just because um, you don't have somebody just going, ah, ha, ha, and encouraging you. With improv, as we know, there's no plan and it is completely like expansive bottomless discovery, which is really free and exciting and open. And I'd say with sketch, um, you do have that discovery and I do improvise some of my dialogue in, in sort of sketches and stuff, but there's always a plan going into it, even if that plan is really vague, like I'm going to do this sort of character. So I'd say, yeah, the the plan or no plan is a big difference and also the um editing like with improv we we do edit don't we but it is live editing in the moment um yeah and also responding to what the audience how the audience are reacting whereas in a sketch you know I've got as long as I need to edit although I do edit stuff really quickly but yeah I'd say those are some key, yeah, the key differences, yeah, just the whether you whether you've got parameters or not. And in improv, the lovely thing, as we know, is that you you know you can have a show that's completely open, um, and with a sketch, there's usually there's usually some points to hit. Susan makes a good point about the agency you have in improv versus sketch, which resonates with Shantira as well. As an improviser, if I think something works, I could just try it out. If you're just writing sketch, you have to depend on someone else to execute your vision. And no matter what, people will never do exactly what you want. You know what I mean? So I think that I have more control over what I think a line should be like when I improvise myself. So how does being an improviser help you when you come to write sketches? Armando Diaz again. Um, I think it's good in terms of like you get lots of reps to, uh, you know, learn about character and scenes and, you know, game, uh, which is important. Um, And it could be like, 
it can be a good idea generating um, uh, source. Typically, you can't really like just take an improvised scene and transcribe it and turn it into a sketch. You have to, you'll have to basically rewrite it and, and kind of punch it up a lot. But you can come up with some like pretty fantastic ideas and characters, you know, in the moment when you're improvising. Susan thinks the attitude improv's given her to her work has really carried through to how she approaches working on sketches. It's really interesting, actually, because I was thinking about this recently and I'm just so grateful to improv um, for allowing, like, allowing me to not be too precious about my, by anything that I make. Um, and I think that has really helped just this principle of... Um, you know, let, uh, holding on tightly but letting go lightly, as we say in improv, I think that really applies or has really applied to the stuff that I make online as well, like the sketch stuff, because it, sometimes uh, I'll deliberately sort of film more than I need and then when I'm editing it, I'm not, I don't feel this like preciousness about cutting it. Um, so that's one thing that I think has really helped. Um the other thing I think has been really helpful is just the sense of immediacy that improv gives you. Uh, I'm quite an impatient person anyway, so I just love getting on with stuff. And and I love like with improv that there's no no gatekeepers. You know, when you're on stage, you just, if you've got an idea, you just do it. And, you know, in the spirit of collaboration, obviously, but you don't have to like wait for a commissioning editor or whatever to give you the go ahead. And Again, that's really helped with the sketches that I make as well. It's this idea of um, if I see something interesting or something that I think is interesting that's happened in the news or in like entertainment, I can just immediately get on with it and get an idea out. So, yeah, I think it's helped massively. I love sketch. And for me, somehow by the nature of it being written, there are fewer surprises than maybe I get in improv. As I got talking to my guests, I wondered what were the sketches that they'd seen that they just wouldn't expect to work, but that did. Uh, uh, I think it's uh, David S. Pumpkins. Have you seen that? <laughs> yes, I have on Saturday Night Live. Yes. And I think that that also is an example of what I was just talking about, where that is a performance thing. Tom Hanks did that, right? And it's like he has the likability that when we see him doing something out of character, we get points for that being funny. It's completely nonsensical and ridiculous, which you can only get away with. I think a lot of times when people respect you. So I think that it's really surprising how successful it was, but I also think that it has a lot to do with the person who played that part and how the audience, the whole world uh, received that, um, that particular character from Tom Hanks. I think if like Tom Cruise did it, we'd be like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's, it's because of how much we like him that we yeah. enjoy him being silly. Like if it was like a bad person, I don't think we would like it as much. So I really do think that that is a really good example of a sketch that if you just read the dialogue, it's not funny. It's funny because of the performance and who got to perform it. That's so true. And I love that sketch so much. It's so funny. But it's so funny because it's Tom Hanks. <laughs> yeah. I directed a show uh, with Andy Daly. He um, 
he was a, a performer on um, Mad TV, and we did um, we did a bunch of his sketches, and these were sketches that were rejected by um, Mad TV. Like you know, he was not allowed to actually put them on TV, and he wanted to just do a show of those of all his sketches to um, kind of prove, like, hey, these are funny. I remember one sketch. It was just there. It was a set change joke where, um, you know, in between sketches, like you got to switch over. The previous scene ended, and then the stagehands just started setting up the most elaborate dinner table, candelabra, and every kind of like like really long table, food cups, and it was just like a, a set that was just like a set change. It was just like taking way too long. <laughs> And then uh, the scene just ended with, like, one line, and then it was a blackout. And then they had to take it all apart. <laughs> and as a director, I said to Andy, I was just like, hey, man, it's taking him, like, three minutes to set up this whole set change. Like, can we cut it in half or whatever? And he was like, he was like, well, I see what you're saying, but I really want to do it. And I was like, okay, we'll do it. And every night I was just, like, you know, on the edge of my seat, just like, oh. This is taking forever. But every night, they'd say the line, blackout, people would roar. Uh, one that I did, which I did in really quickly in about two minutes, um, was about Mary Wollstonecraft seeing her statue for the first time, because there was a statue in North London uh, made in her honour. And I just did it sort of, I thought, oh, that might that might be fun just to do her standing in heaven mm. talking to you know god about it and i didn't really didn't really give it much thought like i improvised it cuz i knew a bit about her anyway i sort of looked at the facts and improvised it and anyway yeah on twitter it really sort of you know blew up on twitter which i really didn't expect because it was completely un um yeah completely unexpected and i thought it was just quite sort of simple but I guess simple things do go down well sometimes. <laughs> Obviously, simple's good, but we sort of forget that, don't we? As like as people who make stuff. But um, so that was really unexpected. I guess because there was no preparation. Like I didn't um, get like a, a fancy backdrop, or I didn't do. I didn't put on loads of makeup or do anything, any sort of special effects. It was like really basic. So that was unexpected. But it was just the character's point of view, I guess. Well, the historical person's point of view. So, yeah, which I guess is quite improv So what would Shantira say to an improviser thinking of doing sketch? One of the things that I would really like to get out is that you should do both. I think that even if you don't think you're good at the other, uh, they both help each other so much. Being a wonderful sketch writer helps you be a better improviser and being a wonderful improviser helps you be a better sketch writer. And I think that if you lack in either of the skills, uh, trying to get a little bit better at the other one that you're not doing so hot at will really help you become the most well-rounded um, writer and performer, even if you don't wanna be a performer. Um, I think that people get really set in their ways thinking, well, like, I just improvise. And it's like, well, uh, okay, but like, <laughs> nobody's ever had too many skills. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. not like, it's like, oh, well, if I learn how to do something else, that's going to make me a bad artist. Like, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> like, 
like it, it'd be better. I think you're. I think you would have more fun as a writer and more fun, fun as a performer if you just dip your toe in those things, even if it's just once. And Susan has some encouraging words for those making their journey into sketch from improv. An encouraging thing, I think, to think about for those people, if there are people who are sort of nervous about writing or sort of are putting it off or whatever, I think it's really lovely to remember that as improvisers, we um, we do have this ability to build on each other's ideas and that's a really like precious thing to have. And I certainly feel that with my writing partner, Lucy, that if we didn't have that, it would take us way longer to explore ideas. And I just think, yeah, I just think that's a really nice thing for improvisers to remember that they've got that in their armory if they want to use it. Next time on the Improv Chronicle podcast. vaccine rollouts happen around the world, announcements are beginning to be made about when theatres might be able to open later in the year. Next episode, hear from improvisers who, after a year of doing no live performance, are considering not going back to the art form. We find out why. The Improv Chronicle podcast is produced and hosted by me, Lloydie James Lloyd. You could help the podcast right now when you subscribe and rate us on your favourite podcast app and find out more about previous episodes, including transcripts, at our website, improvchronicle.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.